Thank you, Tim, and uh, great to be uh, able to share this morning and to be part of these uh, three baptisms. Why don't we just give God another big round of applause for all he's done in their lives? Weren't those testimonies just so wonderful to hear? I mean, I just love hearing what God is doing in people's lives, and that was fantastic. So, uh, well, it's great to be with you. Tim um, said I've got about seven or eight minutes, so anyone who knows me will know my timekeeping is fantastic. So this will be, this will be good. But uh, I've just got a simple message to bring today, and I'm going to read to us from John chapter 13, and the... I'm going to read the first nine verses. So John 13, 1 to 9. It was just before the Passover festival, Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simeon, Iscariot, Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped round him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. <coughs> no, said Peter. You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then Lord Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I am strangely drawn to water. If I'm on a ferry and I'm looking over the side of the edge, I'm thinking, I'd love to jump in there. Seriously, it's a bit weird. I have this sense that I just want to plunge into water quite a lot. I love water so much, I even love showers, to the point where I think I could sell showers quite easily because I just love that feeling of water just drenching me. And um, uh, if you've been to the beach, I'm sure you've played this game where you get as close to the, the edge of, of the sea as possible and then run back as the tide comes. Well, when, I, when I'm playing that, and if you're playing it with your kids or whatever, I'm thinking, why am I running away? I want to run into the water because I'm a bit weird like that. When I, when I started kayaking, as, as my brother-in-law will tell you, I really enjoyed the bit where we were doing the rescues because that meant I got to actually be in the water. And, um, uh, you know... I played a game once at the beach where I had to run from one set of steps to the other set of steps and the tide was coming in and me and my friend, we, we looked at it for a good 10 minutes and we thought, we reckon we can do this. And as we started to run, we realised that actually it was a little bit further than we'd anticipated and we both actually fully clothed, got 
covered in the water and we obviously didn't have any change of clothes. And we laughed and uh, went home very wet and our parents were really pleased with us getting into the car. I sometimes think people's relationship with Jesus is a little bit like this in the sense that some people are prepared to perhaps get their feet a little bit wet in this thing we call Christianity. Um, But they also might play that game where they get close, but then they run in the opposite direction. There might be some other people who, they're quite happy to wade in a little bit into the sea, maybe even up to their waists, but there's no way they're going all the way into the water. And at times they'll begin to, perhaps a bit like some of the testimonies, begin to drift out of the water again. And then there'll be those other people who like to just get straight in and dive straight in. And as we read these opening verses in uh, John 13... We read that Jesus loved his disciples. He loved them to the end. And he was about to demonstrate this love for them as he begins to wash their feet. A few chapters later in John's Gospel, we read that Jesus demonstrated his love for the whole world in dying for our sin. You see, following Jesus starts with a relationship with him. And this is the truth, and we've heard it this morning in these testimonies. That actually no matter who you are or what you have done or what you think you are like, Jesus loves you. And the sad thing about that statement is it's become a bit of a cliche, hasn't it? You know, smile, Jesus loves you. It's become a bit of, almost a bit embarrassing to say it because people think it's quite funny. But it's the greatest truth for humanity in the whole world that Jesus loves you and loves you to the point of his own death. And the implications of understanding that Jesus loves us are huge for us. When we truly grasp this truth that he loves us, then it begins to change us completely and the way that we live. And again, we've heard it this morning from these three people who have recognized their need for Jesus, their love Uh, that love that he has for them and their desire to love him back. And so Jesus, demonstrating his love for his disciples, he begins to wash their feet. Now let's be honest, who here is a little bit funny when it comes to feet? And I don't mean funny, ha-ha, I mean... Feet is kind of a no-go area. Who, come on, who's, who's in that category? I think there's lots of people. It's do not go near the feet. It's, some people really don't like having their feet on show. And, you know, I can understand that. I think if I'd be one of the disciples at this point, I'd be like, I'd be laughing, I'm afraid, because my feet are probably the most ticklish part of my whole body. 
I would probably have kicked Jesus in the head as he went to, you know, wash my feet. But in those days, obviously, washing of feet was quite an important thing. Their feet would have got dusty and dirty, and, uh, and there's something strangely comforting uh, about having clean feet. I don't know if you've ever had the privilege of washing someone's feet. I, I don't actually have an issue with touching anybody else's feet. Not that I would do it without asking them, because that would be really weird. But I, I have washed people's feet before, and there is something just amazing about it. I can't really explain. Maybe it's because I know that Jesus did it. I think we should do it more in church, but I appreciate we go back to the fact that people are like, you're not touching my feet. And when it comes to Peter, Jesus comes towards him and Peter's like, what, are you, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus, in a sense, is like, well, yes. And, and we read, don't we, Peter's response is quite uh, strong because he flatly says, no, no, Jesus, you are not washing my feet. You see, Jesus, uh, sorry, Peter was already feeling incredibly unworthy and undeserving. You see, this was his, his rabbi, his master, his teacher who was washing the other's feet. And when it came to him, he was like, I, I can't have you wash my feet. It was too much of a jump mentally and, I suppose, physically for him. And Jesus replies, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. You see, this whole account of Jesus washing feet, there are many layers to what's going on here. And I clearly don't, in seven, eight minutes, have time to unpack all of that. But one of the things that is going on is Jesus is saying, let me make you clean. Let me mark you out as belonging to me. Let me show outwardly in making your feet clean what I have done inwardly and will bring to completion, even though the disciples didn't know it at this point, through his death and resurrection. And when Jesus says, look, I have to do this, Peter's response suddenly changed. Peter was very much known for being quite brash and perhaps spontaneous. And when Jesus says this to him, his response suddenly becomes, well, then, Lord, don't just wash my feet, wash my hands as well, wash my head as well. It's as if Peter is saying, Jesus, you need to wash all of me. Peter says, I give all I am to you. In this moment, he's saying, then take me all, wash me all, have all of me, have every bit of me, Jesus. I don't just want wet feet, I want to be completely covered. And you see, we know this, the truth is you can't follow Jesus half-heartedly. You can't give you a little bit of yourself to Jesus. It doesn't really work like that. I once baptised someone. This was years ago. And uh, we'd explained how we were going to do it. And, and, and as we went to push them under the water, they kind of thought they'd gone under. 
and they began to like force themselves back up. But me and the, the person I was baptizing with knew they hadn't gone under. And I was determined that they were not going to be half baptized. So as they pushed against me, I went, <laughs> and they came out coughing and splutting a little bit. They still follow Jesus. It's all okay. You see, it's, it's all or nothing when it comes to this. And maybe some of us aren't all or nothing kind of people, but it, when it comes to faith in Jesus, Peter had it right. Because he's like, wash all of me. It's got to be all of us. And we've seen it this morning. This, these three baptisms. It was all of them going under the water. Not just part of them. And like today, for Peter, I imagine that this moment Jesus washed his feet was a significant moment that it had a deep impact on him. But as we read more of Peter's story within the Bible, we soon discover that despite this moment, I, I imagine being hugely significant, there was still much that happened in Peter's life that followed that. You see, the story continues. We've heard these testimonies this morning, these stories of God working in these people's lives in wonderful and different ways. But the story doesn't suddenly stop, does it? The story now continues. This moment, this baptism is hugely significant, but it doesn't stop here. You see, these baptisms are symbolic, as, as it was sort of referred to earlier, of, of dying to self. That's why it's kind of all or nothing, because we can't half die. We die completely to ourselves as we go under the water, and as we come out, it's symbolic of our new life in Jesus is symbolic of being washed clean. Not just our hands, but all of us. It's symbolic of saying to Jesus publicly, to our friends and our family and our church and our community, Jesus, I give you my all. Be involved in every part of my life. But the testimony goes on from here. The story continues. This outward expression of what God has done inwardly inside our hearts has to be an everyday experience. That every day we say to Jesus, I give you my all. And we don't always get that right. The life of Peter is definitely testimony to not always getting that right. But I urge you this morning and every day to pray that prayer, Jesus, I give you my all. Not just my hands but my feet and my hands and my head, all of me. 
And at the start of this new year, maybe there's some people here who need to recommit themselves to Jesus. Perhaps you gave yourself to him a long time ago, but have begun to walk out of the water. Or maybe this morning Jesus is calling you to dive right back in. Maybe there's some of you who for a long time have been going up to your waist in your faith. But Jesus is saying, I want all of you, not half of you. Maybe there's some of you who have never, ever dived in. I encourage you. As we've heard this morning, it doesn't being a Christian isn't always the easiest life. But it is the greatest and the best way to live. And perhaps if that is you, you might want to talk to someone who you know has made that decision to follow Jesus with everything.